G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and today I'm going into the benefits and drawbacks of investing in strata properties, what you need to consider. And look, I haven't spent too much in the time of the past going through strata properties. I've more just said, hey, go and invest in a, the, the best quality of house that you can afford. But with the market changing and also understanding that different investors have different needs, I really wanted to spend the time to dive deeper into strata properties today. So let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth Property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management, sales and buyers agency servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here's your host, Jared Mann. Now, strata properties. I really wanted to go through all the ins and outs because they can be worth considering for investment and certainly for a place for you to live as your home. And as prices are continuing to increase all across Perth, as we've seen in other capital cities, more of the market will tend towards the more affordable options of strata as prices of houses continue to increase. And as migrants come into Perth and investors, more investors come into Perth, they are getting priced out of areas. And if your budget's only 400, 450 now, it's pretty hard to buy a house in Perth without going really, really far out. So that's where it can be worth considering a strata property. And if you've got other needs uh, more towards cash flow or a, getting a yield from your properties, you're more towards wanting to replace your income or transition to retirement, that's where uh, strata properties can be more worth considering as well. But let's go into some of these ins and outs and I'll start to unpack this for you. Now, what is a strata property? Well, a strata scheme can be either land or building or a group of buildings that's been divided into lots. And these lots can have apartments or they can be townhouses or they can have a villa on them. The important thing to know is that they're an individual lot that is part of an overall scheme. And when you buy that lot, you also have what's called an undivided share of ownership of a common property. And we say undivided because everyone that's in that strata scheme has a share of that common property. You can't go and say, this part, little piece of the common property is mine. It's undivided. So everyone has a share in that common area. And the common areas may include shared gardens or external walls or roofs that are part of the common property and include driveways and stairwells or pools, lifts, parking for visitors, include your letterboxes. So all these things can be on common property and you would have an undivided share of ownership in them. So what are some of the different types of strata properties? I mentioned a few there, but you can have apartments, which are typically higher density. You can have uh, units where they could still be on the single level or they could be on top of each other. I sort of think of units as being the older complexes and apartments as being the more modern complex. And in both of these cases, there's typically units that are above or below or attached to and having a common wall or common roof. 
And then we've got more lower density options such as townhouses, which are typically two-storey, usually detached from each other, usually with their own roof to just that townhouse. You've got villas, which are usually single level, and they can either be attached to the neighbouring villas or completely detached. The roofs can be attached or detached, so it can be variety in there as to what is common to them and what isn't. And then you also have land that may not have any building on it at all that would also be a strata property and be a, and these lower density types of strata townhouses villas and land are known as single tier schemes where no lot is above another lot or below another lot so we have the multi-tier schemes and the single tier schemes and we also have different types of plans and let me take you through those we've got strata plans where the building envelope is shown for the actual building and that's shown on the plan and it's specified and usually common property would usually include the roofs and the outside of the buildings and that is where there's going to be a bit more shared ownership because the common property is shared with roofs shared outside of buildings shared you can have a bit less control over that type of setup and then we've got the survey strata plans and that's where no buildings are shown on the plan and the lots are surveyed and the outside of the lot boundary is where the plan defines the lot and so you usually have more ownership in this case your ownership's everything inside the lot boundary and you usually have more flexibility to change the building and you have more control, you're also responsible for more usually as well. You'd be responsible for the upkeep of your roof and the upkeep of your outside of your, your walls. And But with that uh, responsibility also comes a bit more flexibility. So a survey strata plan is much closer to being a green title than a strata plan is. And again, that's where the outside of the lot boundaries shown and the lot boundaries don't include the outside of the buildings the buildings are not shown on the plan now let's go into some of the benefits of investing in strata properties because if you'd listen to some of my past episodes you may think i'm completely negative about strata which is not the case i'm usually just saying what's best for the majority is to buy the best quality of house that you can but there's different things I would suggest depending on your situation and what you're trying to achieve and whether it's for your home or for your investment and many different things are going to come into this purchase decision including your budget as well is going to have a big effect and that brings me to the first benefit which is strata properties are often a lot more affordable certainly are more affordable to get into an individual suburb and have all the benefits of that and the amenities of that suburb if you're going to buy a house in there, you might pay, pay two times more or three times more, four times more. That may be out of reach, especially if you want to get into the, and have the lifestyle of that area and you don't need all that extra land for a yard for kids, for example. If it's just yourself or just your partner, you may not want all those other things and some of the extra amenities might be more appealing to you that come with a strata property in the shared or common space. So it can give you an entry-level opportunity to get into some of these more primer locations. Some of the other benefits are that you have shared 
maintenance responsibilities. So that can, I say with an asterisk, reduce the individual cost or if not be similar to the cost you might pay to up to maintaining an overall house. And look, some people can be put off when they see certain strata fees, but you've got to think about if you were maintaining your house and and it was a similar price sort of property, you'd probably be spending a similar amount to keep it up ongoingly. And I often get concerned as an agent, and I'd be concerned as a buyer, if the, there was little or no strata fees, if no maintenance is getting done when it needs to be done, or if there isn't a professional manager when there needs to be a professional manager, then I would be getting more concerned over there having a people who just focus on having a low fee but you don't get something for nothing you can't maintain your property for nothing you can't have professional management if it's needed for nothing one of the other major benefits especially if you're living there and it's a benefit to your tenants too and it does enable you to charge a higher price rent as opposed to if these things didn't exist is access to shared amenities such as pools and gyms and saunas and you know tranquil gardens and rooftop decks and You know, some of them have cinemas and all kinds of things in them that you may never be able to have in a house. And it certainly won't be as accessible as in the same building as you, even if these things were nearby to your house. By the time you add up the cost of, you don't need a gym membership anymore, you don't need a membership to the local pool. If you're actually going to use these things and, and you value them, then they can be well worthwhile having as part of your complex. The other Benefits here for investing in strata is a potential for a higher rental yield and greater cash flow. And of course, you've got to look through to the overall costs that are associated with that property, such as the strata fees, both the admin fee that you're contributing to the ongoing administration and the reserve that you're contributing to the longer term upgrade for larger items that they build up. You've got to take all of those costs, including you know rates and council rates and water rates and all that into account and look at your bottom line net cash flow. Don't forget about including the strata fee in that. But yes, you'll find that apartments do often have a much higher rental yield than a house might for the equivalent uh, money that you spend. Why is that? Because you're probably not going to get as great a growth. And as we've I've spoken about in past episodes, an overall return for a property might come out to 10%. So if you're getting a 6 or a 7% you know, net rental yield, it's very likely that you're probably going to get a 3 to 4% average annual growth rate and capital growth rate percentage over time. So just understand that you are trading off, in most cases, a lower average annual growth rate for this higher rental yield. And if it suits you to have higher cash flowing properties or to have an apartment in the mix among your houses to offset you know, them and have a higher rental yield, or if you're transitioning to retirement or replacing your income sooner, then it can make more sense to have some of these apartments, some apartments or villas or townhouses with a higher rental yield in the mix. And that's where it gets down to designing the, a portfolio and having an overall strategic portfolio plan that we can help you with creating. now. Everything's not rosy when it comes to strata properties. What are some of the drawbacks of investing in strata properties? Well, strata levies and ongoing fees can be very high and eat into cash flow, especially when buildings get older. It can feel like you're contributing all this money for stuff that's not even seen 
And why can that be the case? Well, what can often happen, and I alluded to this earlier, is if a building's not maintained well over time, a lot of maintenance can build up. And if you haven't owned it for the entire time, you haven't benefited from the the low strata fees. When you're entering in as a purchaser, you might be entering in when all this maintenance work needs catching up on. All of this maintenance works come to the surface, come to light. And you may be bearing the brunt of that uh, catch-up work, whereas if someone's owned it and been an owner for a long time, they're swings and roundabouts. They've paid less previously, they're paying more now, averaging out okay. But if you'll come in and you're having to pay for a lot of these upgrades when it's been neglected or you know mismanaged, that's where it can be a problem. What's some of the other drawbacks? Well, you do have a lack of control over common property decisions. You know, if you want to make any changes to the common property, you're not in direct control of it. You can always propose a change. You'd have to put it to the council of owners to vote on, and then the strata manager would implement that decision. But you're not able to just go out and plant whatever plants in the garden that you wish, or you can't go making changes and add a gazebo to the common property just because you wanted to. I'm sure everyone would love you to do that. You actually proposed it and you wanted to pay for it yourself. But again, you need to get approval for all these things. There's the potential for disputes among owners or with the strata committee. And this is just the nature of uh, being human, isn't it? When you've got more parties involved and you don't have direct control, one party might want their that gazebo when the rest of the group doesn't. That's going to cause a dispute potentially or an issue. And that's where good strata manager is going to keep the group running well and keep everyone feeling like they're heard and hopefully manage situations so they don't become big disputes. You know, it can be difficult as well if you have a bad neighbor, you're not getting along with them. In strata, you're often very close to each other, much closer than you are with the house. You could be on top of each other or having a shared roof with shared walls, more potential for disputes ongoingly. Other things that are a drawback, well, restrictions can also apply on property modifications and renovations. Some of the bylaws go into needing approval for what is done internally, but very, very typically you can do what you want internal without making major changes. You can usually do what you want cosmetically. So those are really the main drawbacks to consider when it comes to strata. Now, what are some of the other factors to consider before investing in strata properties? What would I be doing? Well, I'd be researching and understanding what strata bylaws and regulations are in place. I'd be getting the any changes of bylaws, any proposed changes of bylaws. I'd be looking at all of that. I'd be examining the financial health of the strata scheme. I'd be looking at what is their budget for the next year include? What are their financials show? What are their, is their current statement of assets and liabilities? liabilities and making sure that things look healthy in that regard. If they've got any major works, do they already have the money for that? And I'd evaluate, you know, is there any special levies that are proposed and is that going to be put on me as the purchaser very soon after I, you know, get in there? I'd be looking at and assessing the maintenance around the property and what sort of, you know, standard is the common areas being upkept to. That's really important. Because if these drop in standard, it's going to affect the value of the whole group too. Make it harder to rent, harder to sell them when it comes time to it. I'd also be looking at evaluating the quality and the reputation 
of that appointed strata manager, seeing what their Google reviews are like online, seeing what their online reputation is like, because your experience with them being the manager is going to be greatly affect your overall experience as a resident or as a owner in the group, how well they're managing things. And some of the other most important factors when it comes to renting your property out or reselling it later is you want to buy a type of strata property that is in demand and is typical for the area. So for instance, I wouldn't personally want to own an apartment in an outer area suburb when apartments are not the typical type of dwelling for the area. I'd rather own an apartment in a highly appealing location that is right near a cafe strip in a suburb where that type of property is much more sought after. And preferably, I'd look for as high a land component as I could afford, such as villa or a townhouse where a lot of these drawbacks or negatives that I mentioned can be removed, especially if you're buying into smaller groups where you're not going to have as much potential for trouble. If the common areas are kept smaller, you don't have as much shared cost and ongoing um, expenses for the group. And you're also, if you're in a smaller group, don't have the potential for as many properties to be up for rent or up for sale at the one time. So again, having a land component, more land component, the better. Do not trade off the location and I would be sticking to those things as being my guiding light. Now, I what feeds into this saleability and rentability is the supply of other properties that might be for sale or for rent at any one time. And I'd be looking at what other developments have been approved for the area. And it usually takes, you know, two, three years for a project to get out of the ground. You can at least look and see with council and I have some very good tools in my suburb intelligence reports. If you go to investorsedge.com.au slash join um, in those suburb intelligence reports, we can we send them out every six months for, for specific suburbs can keep you informed with developments that are approved in an area. It's a great way to see what sort of supply might be coming up as well. Okay, so those are some of the extra factors to consider. Next, we have the importance of reviewing the strata committee and its management. So I'd understand the different roles and responsibilities of the strata committee. There's a council of owners. They appoint and can choose a strata manager to manage things on behalf of that council and behalf of the group. I would look at how effective can you can effectively you communicate with this strata management company. I'd check any history of past disputes or legal issues on the strata scheme and a lot of that would be noted, if not all of it would be noted in the AGM meeting minutes. So what are some of the other potential risks and challenges for a strata property? I would be looking at, is there any special levies proposed for unexpected repairs or maintenance that can hurt? Some of the other risks are finding tenants when the market's down or because there's high competition with lots of other apartments or uh, similar dwellings coming on in line. And the other sort of potential risk is to have potential lack of control over a change in bylaws that you might not agree with. So they're the main areas for risk that I'd be looking into. Now, what are some tips for successful investment in strata properties? You really just need to conduct thorough inspections of the individual units and the common areas. I'd assess the demand for both rent and sale of that specific location, and it can help to network with other experienced strata investors and seek advice on the area. 
that you're looking to get into. What are some of the strategies I can suggest to mitigate these risks and maximize your returns? Well, I would diversify any ownership of strata properties, especially into different locations. So you're not going to be you know, overly exposed at any one time. I'd seek that higher land component and or less lots in a group to have more control. I'd be looking to build strong relationships with the strata committee and the fellow owners and the strata manager because that's going to give you the inside view and help get more of the things that you want implemented and for also for you to keep up with what is going on in the group. And I'd be looking for a group that is keeping up with maintenance and has done so ongoingly and that they've got a proactive management to maintain the property value. So we want steady maintenance as she goes, not let it all build up and surprise someone later. Surprise everyone later. And really, if you've owned in the group for a long time, it should come as no surprise if maintenance hasn't been done when you're hit with the larger bills for larger items. So in conclusion, there is a lot of benefits to investing in strata properties. You shouldn't rule them out entirely. I think you, especially if you look at the lower density uh, properties with a higher land component, you're, you really investigate what supply is coming up and you look into the actual AGM minutes, the financials, the health of the group, the how maintained the common areas are. It can be well worth considering, especially if you're getting a higher rental yield or you've got a limited budget and it's going to help you get into more desirable locations. And like all types of investment, I would look back at how the history of that property has performed. And the longer you can look back, the better, of course. And that's often why I don't like new to properties of any type because I don't have that history to rely upon when making a decision. It's really important to have careful research and due diligence. And you could always look to involve a settlement agent to help you with reviewing these things. And that definitely means seeking professional advice before making investment decisions. So I hope this has been of help. And if you do want some input, both rentability or resale, when you're looking at a purchase for Strata, get in touch with us and we're happy to help. This has been of help. Give us a rating or review, share with your friends, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Just a reminder, the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature. As we don't know your specific situation, you should always seek professional advice before taking any action. For free market reports on your suburb of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorshedge.com.au slash join. And finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group. To be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. I'll see you in the group. Thank you.